0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is...
1: And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots
0: to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to Netgear. Uh, we're each, each we're here each and every week, thanks to the good people at Netgear. I'm Trevor Long from Your Tech Life, and joining me each and every week the other bloke talking tech, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Good to be with you. I think the big question is, will you still need me? Will you still something else me when I'm 64? Episode 64. You know, we get excited about episode 40, episode 50. You know, 64's got a meaning. That's you know, a good Beatles song. Absolutely, yes. That was a lovely segue. <laughs> I do my best. Let's start talking tech, though. You know, statistics are a wonderful thing. They help us, you know, find out what's going on in the world and, you know, st- determine how important some devices are. But what I find interesting is um, is the smartphone market is a tough one to read because, you know, people think Apple's dominant, but it's actually not as dominant as other players. But people think that Android's bigger than iOS, but in terms of apps, it's really not. But, you know, how many people are actually using smartphones? This is a really important question for For the market, let alone for people and app developers and businesses,
1: and it's a pretty big number, isn't it, mate? Absolutely, yeah. Research uh, released by Google uh, shows that Australians, 52%, as a matter of fact, of Australians are using smartphones. That's mm. more than half the population, which just goes to show Aussies, uh, re- early adopters, especially when it comes to communication technology like smartphones. We live so far away from the rest of the world. Mm. Communication has always been an important thing for Australians. Yep. But uh, it's uh, a massive growth, 40% growth from last year. So we're, we're I think we're second in the world in smart smartphone adoption yeah. behind Singapore. Yeah.
0: You know, and it's interesting because um, they, they talked about, um, look, this is a, a respondent-based research. So they say 94% of respondents have researched a product or service on their smartphone, which is, you know, this is the interesting thing. I think that when it comes to Android, a lot of people, you know, when they get an Android device, that it's it's... It's because they they don't really want a smartphone. It's just the best phone for them to get on their plan. And they they go, oh, "What's this internet button?" And they go Google, and you know they can really
1: use it that way. So pe- that's what people, I call my browser icon the internet button. In yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> mate. People use
1: the internet button. Don't worry yeah, about that. That's right. But, in, and, and this, that, that's the look. If you can define a smartphone, I think mm. the biggest part of the definition is the fact that it's can it's the connectivity which can get you on the internet. And as you said, 94% of us are researching and and 28% – I've found this a significant stat – 28% have actually gone ahead and purchased a product from their smartphone. So the segue into the Google angle of all this research is the fact that not a lot of businesses have optimized their websites for the mobile platform. So they're potentially missing out on a lot of business. I think there's some stats there that Webjet are saying that I think a third of their – or 27% of their bookings have come from the mobile and Open College is a provider of online learning. They reckon a third of their course inquiries are coming from the mobile side as well. So you know what the future holds in terms of accessing the internet on your smartphone. And and that's a really important
0: point for anyone listening who has a business, who has a website. And you know it's a tough thing to do unless you've got a, a site that has a you know, plug-in based mobile site, and even those aren't often the best because you're not you're not customising it. You really need to think about those mobile um, viewers because it's it's such an easy thing. People on the train, wherever they are, they're just jumping on the web. They're looking up a website, and if it if it's hard to read and or they have to start pinching and zooming, they, they,
1: it's just yeah. unattractive so, to do. Just uh, speaking from a tech. Tech Guide's point of view, I do have a – Tech Guide has been optimized for a mobile device. So Mm. if you are looking at it on an Android or an iPhone, even an iPad, there is a mobile version of the site, which basically means that you get all the content and it loads quicker because there are less pictures. It's it's more just the text and the the important relevant pictures. So – if you are listening and you want to check out Tech Guide on your mobile, you can check out the mobile version. Very you important. You know,
0: uh, digress a little bit, but what's really interesting to me is the future of the revenue market there, because a lot of the mobile sites are, you know, single ad at the top kind of thing. They really don't have the rich advertising that, that we're able to do now on the Not web. Not yet, though, Trevor. That's coming though.
1: Oh no, absolutely. It's but they're already, but it's going to really ramp up, I think, moving forward.
0: But the difficult thing for for companies building these things is they've got to they've got to make sure they're able to capitalise as much as they. Are on the broader web, as, as they can in the future on the mobile web. So it's just another set of challenges for publishers and Certainly businesses.
1: Right. Just before we wrap up on this, I, I found a really interesting little uh, use case of our, or a little stat about the smartphone usage. Uh, I, I found this quite funny that one in four people would prefer to give up their TV before their smartphone.
0: I, um, <laughs> I think that's a very interesting Which stat. One because would you
1: be on that?
0: I would give up a lot of things before I'd give up my smartphone. There you go. Oh, I th- you know, I got
1: to got to say, watch TV on your smartphone. I suppose. That, yeah, that, that but seriously, <laughs> seriously,
0: it's crap. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, it's not that good. And unless you've got a like a Samsung TV, which has that whole you know you can watch another channel on your smartphone yes. while your wife's watching something else <laughs> thing, that's that's TV. That's not bad. That's that, not that's bad. not bad. It's still still not perfect quality though, is it? You know. So yeah, well, anyway, there, though. It, it is a massive growth in smartphones, and you see it a lot in when you when you're out in the public, you see people and they've they've got these phones. It's 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 almost unavoidable well, now. And, uh, and the growth. Walk into will... a
1: mobile store, you try not to buy a smartphone.
0: Exactly. The growth will continue. So we'll um we'll no doubt see that same research coming out very soon. And you can read more about the research at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and
1: Stephen Fenneck. Now I think I can speak for you on this one there, Trevor. Is one mm. thing that the blokes love is an oh, Apple yeah. Rumor.
0: Oh mate. There Bring are plenty
1: of them. But uh, uh, very significant one, though, uh, of late is uh, about the new iPhone. Mm. It's m- much speculation about this new device. A lot of people... I get asked I wish if I had a dollar for every time people ask me when's a new iPhone coming out, I'd shout you a really really nice lunch
0: oh, I'd, but, I'd, uh, I'd be able to do a lot of things with that money it's <laughs> it's
1: seriously that's a serious revenue source for you and me
0: absolutely
1: but uh, yeah, we should put an idea behind that one but anyway the uh, the, well, well, the what, what's significant about this rumor is the fact that the worldwide Developers conference is less than a month away mm-hmm. now three of the last four iPhones have been announced at this conference, which is yeah. starts on July on June 11th now right. Last year was the exception the iPhone 4S was announced later in October but uh, I think that the the rumors are starting to swirl now we last week we were speaking about the Galaxy S3 so many smartphones that are coming out now really st- Taking a bit of market share, let's face it, the Galaxy S3 is going to be the smartphone to beat, in my yep. opinion, until we see the new iPhone. So the rumors are circulating. I ran a story on Tech Guy today. Uh, Mac rumors did a terrific job in rendering very, very what they good believe job. is going to be the new iPhone. With a, the, the, the consensus is it's going to have a larger screen. It's going to be thinner, mm. new design. But uh, there's so much interest around this that hopefully we may find out in less than a month.
0: I uh, I thought they did a great job with those mock-ups because they it, it really looked looked like a genuine didn't look like a photo it looked like a genuine mock-up like a you know it could be from a design studio in Apple and uh, and they did a good job because it didn't look the same it had a had a new kind of curved f- curved edge to it um, but a, but a, but an evolutionary look and I think that's that's what we'll get we'll get a, a thinner profile but an evolutionary look broadly and I just think they did a great job on that on that and you can see I ran those
1: photos and credit credited to Mac Rumors I ran those photos on Tech Guide story, and uh, there, what I noticed from their from their render is that the it's it's they are they they think or oh, that the new iPhone is going to be have the larger screen, but to achieve the larger screen, the iPhone needs to, it will need to be taller, so yes. it's a taller device rather than being a wider device.
0: Yeah, and also an size. It also will um, add an extra row of apps on hmm. on each screen as well. It also carries that, um, that, that, that rumor forward of the smaller um, dock on the, on the bottom, the smaller. Yes, as smaller well. Pin. Yeah, I
1: found that interesting too. But I, I, I don't know. There has been a lot of talk about that. I don't think that maybe – No way. They, look at all the people who've bought iPod docks. No way. I don't think they're going to suddenly just no. change this universal connector. No that's going to make all these iPod docks useless if you've just bought one. I, I agree. don't think they're going to but, do that.
0: There's basically no motivation, really, from Apple's point of view to do that. I think it would be a well, massive
1: change. If they did do it, there'd be big money in, in dock adapters.
0: Uh, yes, that's a good point, <laughs> actually, dock adapters instead of just uh, new docks. Now, the other thing I'd say is, and I'll put it out there now, I don't think it'll have a bigger screen.
1: Well, Matt, I think it's got to go to four. Mm. I don't think it's going to be ridiculously large, like you know, the Galaxy Note it's, I, I really enjoyed using that device. It's got a big screen. Mm. I don't think they're going to go that. They're going to go large like that. I think mm. Apple will probably hit four, maybe four point two. I don't know. Mm. It's got to be bigger than what it is, though, Trevor. I honestly think it's got to go bigger. It, it seems the trend in the smartphone market. Not that Apple follow trends, but I think the. The appetite is there for a larger screen. Didn't your poll on techguide.com.au itself uh, reveal that the smaller screen was more desirable? It did. Mm. Now, that's the, that's me going against my own readers' opinions mm. here, but I think the, the reason behind <laughs> that was the fact that I think a lot of my readers, uh, and I did a similar a recent poll about what brand of phone they use, and I think... 40% of my readers are iPhone users, so hence they're looking at the screen that they've already got. Hmm. But uh, I don't think they're going to turn their back on, a, on an iPhone with a bigger screen somehow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think for my, my gut feeling is uh, if we have to put our, our, our ducks in a row right
0: now, I would say um, similar size. It may be slightly bigger, but certainly not proportionally um, you know, taller. Um, yeah. Similar size, but certainly thinner lighter we, that's that's going to be the iPhone 5 thinner lighter and 4G but we'll so. talk about that later too
1: just to round up the rumors uh, the Apple rumor department for this week the other rumors are that, that we're going to get a thinner 15-inch MacBook Pro which will dispense with the optical drive yet it will still retain the USB ports, Ethernet, Thunderbolt. So it won't typically be called a a MacBook Air 15-inch, but it'll be a much thinner MacBook Pro. Also talk that the MacBooks, new MacBooks, new MacBook Airs, and the iMac may inherit a retina display. But who knows? These are rumours. Lovely if they're true, but we'll soon see.
0: I I think you'd you'd struggle to get um, odds um, over $1.01 that there'll be a, a, a new range of iMacs and MacBooks um, because they'll all have Ivy Bridge. They'll, they'll definitely announce new Macs and MacBooks that have Ivy Bridge Ivy Ivy processors.
1: Yes. Uh, retina screen, though, yeah, no. Nah. 27-inch Retina display, imagine that. It'll, it'll, have a re- it'll have a resolution of like 5,000 pixels across. <laughs> it's literally stupid. I mean, it just won't happen.
0: Anyway, you can read uh, Stephen's thoughts on the Apple rumors at techguide.com.au. Oh mate, three or four weeks ago, we talked about the wake up campaign. We both got the letter in the mail, you know, saying wake up, Trevor, wake up, Stephen. Uh, there was the billboards <laughs> everywhere. There was the speculation. It was Samsung. Yeah, then it was revealed it was BlackBerry. BlackBerry had a bit of pre publicity around it. Then on the big day, it launched, and it was just this stupid Star Wars style um, script coming across the screen of the website, narrated, telling us. That I don't know. I can't, I can't even tell you what it was trying to tell you because it was just so silly. Um, and then they've updated the billboards in some places just to say, yeah, wake up, BlackBerry Bold, be bold. Um, you, you've you put a story in, on, down a blog. If you go to you down the bottom right-hand side, there's a blog there that Stephen's written. You um, had a photo at, uh, I think, Westfield Miranda uh, of a, of a huge... Gardens.
1: Westfield East Gardens. East
0: Gardens. A massive, massive billboard with the whole script on it. Yep. Is this just the, the weirdest possibly the stupidest marketing campaign in history?
1: Uh, Trevor, I've uh, got very strong feelings about this, and I, I wrote a very strongly worded blog about this and how I thought it was a complete waste of time and mm. money for mm. a number of reasons. Now, reason number one, they sent us the letter, the wake-up letter, and I didn't get anything else. No. Now, I could possibly report BlackBerry for um, mail intimidation. I don't know. Mm. We, uh, by sending me an intimidating letter in the mail, I actually <laughs> rang the PR company. And said, "Did I have I missed something? Is there a release that you sent out or some kind of notification?" Uh, And they said, "We'll get back to you," and they didn't. So you think after this build-up, this stunt, this campaign, there was the the shouting outside the Apple stores, billboards, would get these letters. You think at the end of that we'd get something? Hmm. We got nothing. There was no new product, nothing to announce. Just a message to be bold. This is a
0: company undergoing radical change. There's no doubt. You know, um, I just think of the Australian operation, and you and I have had a lot to do with BlackBerry Australia, and they are bloody wonderful people. You know, Um, but they've they've lost the the boss. Adele's gone, and they've lost some pretty key people in in uh, in the vendor or the the telco relationship space. Um, you know, the BlackBerry's lost its way. Um, and you know, as I as I've said time and time again, I bloody love the BlackBerry. I yeah. bloody love the keyboard. I really want to go back to it, but I'm not compelled to do it because there's simply the app support is there, but it's nowhere near as deep as even Android now. And and frankly, I don't know what it is about the development platform, but when apps are developed for BlackBerry, they simply look bad you know you you have impressive looking and working apps on android and ios and for some reason it's like um it's like having windows mac and what was that operating system os2 do you, do you know what I mean?
1: Like back in the day, it's this kind of third wheel. It just, yeah. It's just, sad, mate. It's really, really sad. I'd sort of make a couple of points though about this this whole campaign and the. I think it's damaged the brand, to be honest. It's yeah. damaged yeah. an already. Oh, I've said this in my blog. It's damaged an already sagging brand. Now, yeah. I think looking back on it, where does where does BlackBerry get off chanting "Wake up!" outside the Apple store? yeah. yeah. I said in my blog. I said if anything. Apple had probably got a better right to be outside the Blackberry office yelling them telling them to wake up, but you know they would never lower themselves to that, and I think that's the key thing here you
0: know apple I think you need to you need to model yourself on the market leader and the market leader um, and that's what Samsung's doing I think Samsung's modeling themselves on apple by by doing you know good. Pre-publicity to launches, they've done a couple of sort of stunts against Apple in terms of ads, but they're just they're just fun, yeah. smart ads. But actually, it's, interrogation kind of you know weird things like that. I just think it's a bit weird.
1: Yeah. But look, in terms of their their message though, that now the, the ad that, that I put on my post, which was hanging from the ceiling at Westfield East Gardens, is not the sort of ad that you'd absorb in a second as you walk past. You've actually got to stop and read the whole thing. Now I don't know how many people would have done that if any, but. It talks about it's time to mean business and people eating opportunity for breakfast and you're either in business or you're not. And I found that really rather odd, an odd message alienating half the population because what does that mean to be in business? They haven't really defined what that is. They said it's no longer wearing a suit, cubicle sitting kind of pursuit kind of thing. But – I think that's a little bit ironic that they're going down that path because I thought the whole we knew back in the day that the BlackBerry was an essential business tool. Yep. Why where BlackBerry fell down is the fact that they didn't market it as well to average consumers as a as a smartphone. Hmm. Now I find it ironic that they're going back to the old message of it's a it's business and we're the best ones who did it, we were the first ones to do it and you you know they want a eating opportunity for breakfast or so this kind of stuff I think They've, they've missed the mark by so much, it's, it's, it's staggering. Yeah, look, let
0: me tell you one thing. Oh, no, this is not anecdotal. This is evidence-based stuff. Where I work... In my day job is a you know multi million dollar corporation, hundreds nine hundred staff, you know a lot of managers. And over the course of the four years I've been there, we went from you know you know a couple of people having Blackberries to to having debates about what the limit on Blackberries were because of the the server costs and things. to so having you know probably hundred people on Blackberries. And over the course of you know contractual periods, you know one and two years, I can tell you right now that the the iPhones are filtering from the top all the way down, and Blackberries are very, very rare to find. And, and even the core IT people that support the systems are now pushing um, towards either Windows Mobile or Android just to save money because iPhones are expensive, but there's no talk of BlackBerry, none well, at all. Let's
1: face it, like BlackBerry has had a couple of attempts at a touchscreen device. And each one's been a failure. Yeah. I think you know, the, the, the old the, – the BlackBerry's trick of bringing your emails to your smartphone were amazing back in the day and when that, they were the only company doing it. But now that everyone is doing it, they, they've, they've shown themselves to be a one-trick pony. They really ha- haven't come up with that killer device to make them an alternative to the iPhone – and Android, sad. sad. This, that's why this campaign is so strange. About you know, it's all about business. And, and you know, but as we said earlier, fifty-two percent of the population are using smartphones. Mm. And it, on a tear, there'd be a great percentage that aren't using them for business. Mm. Exactly I, right. I, I don't know. I don't know who they paid for this campaign, but I hope they can get a refund. I hope they kept the receipt, Trevor. And
0: there's only um, there's only one group of people that need to wake up, and unfortunately, because it is sad. It's sad to have for us to have this conversation. But the, the people that need to wake up are researching. Don't get me
1: wrong. I'm a fan of BlackBerry. You and I have discussed the playbook oh, and, the, and the devices. I've been a user for years. I'm just, just disappointed they got this message so wrong.
0: Wake up, BlackBerry. That's the message, unfortunately. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And over the next few weeks and, and months, we'll definitely talk about some of the great new stuff that's happening in networking, including the new wireless technology, uh, the wireless band AC, which is... Uh, the new wireless uh, BGN is, is the is the old days now, and Netgear overnight, I, I saw photos of CEO Patrick Lowe launching their, their new routers and dongles that will allow you to have this new form of wireless, which is going to be faster and have better range once again. So we'll talk about that in the coming weeks, of course, but of course, the main thing you need to think about when it comes to networking in your home or small business is connecting devices, and that's what Netgear do best. You bring the internet into your home with a Netgear modem uh, product, and then you distribute it amongst your home or small business with a Netgear router or switch and um, in your home it's an easy thing to do and you can take advantage of products that we've talked about here on Two Blokes Talking Tech like the Netgear genie app to really take control of your network whatever it is in networking Netgear have got a solution and you can find out more about it at netgear.com.au now we've uh,
1: often spoken about Telstra and their many services and Mm -hmm. and what's impressed me of late is how Telstra has been really active in being able to connect users uh, through various ways and one of those ways is through Facebook they launched a 24 by 7 service uh, on Facebook but Telstra has added to that with a new Facebook app which is uh, for prepaid customers and it allows them once they install the My Telstra prepaid app to monitor their prepaid account, Mm -hmm. they can even top up their balance uh, look back on 100 days of their credit and top-up history, so it's as easy as updating your status uh, if you want to add credit or monitor what you're doing with your Telstra prepaid.
0: So the interesting thing about this for me is where this can go in the future. The biggest the biggest problem I've got with Telstra, and it's not an actual problem, it's just my own ability to use it, is the iPad. I bought a one-year data thing, and I've got no idea when that runs out. And the only way I'll know is because it stops working. And this, the thing that will excite me about the evolution of these kind of apps, which is why it's really exciting, and they are really innovating in this space, the social space, and congrats to them for that, is when... When, you know, alerts from from providers and apps like Telstra come into your feed like email, and that's where Facebook's going here. They, they want to, you know, in 10 years, they want they want people to be looking at their Facebook feed, not email, you know, kind of thing, and that's where you're getting information and alerts. So imagine getting an alert that says, you know, your iPad's about to run out of data. Um, click here to top it up, and it's, it's as easy as that. And I think that's the real exciting power of this kind of stuff.
1: Totally right, yeah there 's more than one hundred thousand people that have already liked the telstra twenty four by seven Facebook mm, page, yeah. which is positive, but uh, the, what I like about this is the fact that you can install it and it just sits on the left hand side of your facebook page Yep. so that because you 're already logged into facebook it 's just a click away you don 't have to enter any of your usernames or passwords because you 're already logged into Facebook, mm-hmm. so it makes it a, a, just a, a click away to access your prepaid file your prepaid account now if you 've got kids or that you 're managing several prepaid accounts. It's right at your fingertips when you're on Facebook. Nice
0: work from Telstra and, a, and a, another great initiative which um, is, is pushing the line of, uh, that David Thodey, the CEO, is, is trying to get, a, get across, and that's custom service. The Facebook app, uh, and you can read more about it at uh, techguide.com.au. Two
1: blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
0: Now, we talked about Netgear just a minute ago, our sponsors, but another great product that they've got, mate, and this is, i got to tell you, the, people just don't know this stuff exists, And which is why I'm happy to bang on about it, but they've had for a while now range extenders, Wi-Fi range extenders, so if you've got a black spot in your house, and I've talked about it before, you put a range extender in between the black spot and the router, and it, it pushes the, the, the internet, the network, closer to that black spot. And the, the key thing that one of, the, one of the products I've been pushing for, for a good year or more now is dual-band routers, which allows you to have multiple networks in your home so that you can isolate things like Skype or VoIP or video traffic to a certain network while all your, your kids surfing and your mum's Pinteresting and stuff is on another network. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens in our house. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and, and the great thing they've released now is a universal dual-band Wi-Fi range extender so that essentially you can, you can extend both those bands. Now, it's, I know it sounds complicated, but imagine in, in a room that's a little bit in the corner of the house. You've got a nice little TV. You've got a you've got a connected TV, but the Wi-Fi doesn't get there. And you want to stream from that t- from your, your network storage or your computer to that TV on the on the on the separate five G network. For example, you can do that with a dual band Wi-Fi range a Very cool idea and simple stuff, really, isn't it,
1: mate? Absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, we, we've spoken about Wi-Fi range extenders, but this is a Wi-Fi range extender on steroids because not only does it, it it serves several purposes. It can not only fill in those black spots like you said, but it's also got four ports on the back of this device. So if you extend your network to a part of your house, say to where your TV or you use your tablet or you've got your Blu-ray player, you can actually then connect with a cable W- devices that aren't usually wireless. So, a mm. Blu ray cable straight into the back of the net range extender. Suddenly, it's wireless, got a wireless connection. Same thing for your smart TV. So, not only do you fill in the black spots, it also can put those normally non Wi Fi devices connected to Wi Fi and also offer that dual band. So, several products in one the dual band Wi Fi range extender. It's priced at $149. And available now. And uh, if the many products we talk about on the show are all connected devices tablets, smart TVs, gaming consoles, Blu ray players, smart tablets, you name it, this is the device that can get all of them onto your internet connection.
0: It's all good stuff from Netgear, and you can read more about that product and a whole stack more at techguide.com.au.
1: I posted my review of the LG Smart TV, the 2012 model of the LM7600. I had the nice 55-inch model. They're still mm-hmm. in the tech guide offices, as a matter of fact, these TV. I hope they don't ask for it back too soon. But uh, <laughs> very impressed with this TV. Now, I'm a big stickler for picture quality, as, as are most users. Yep. They, that's the number one consideration. And I found the LG 2012 model to be a huge improvement over 2011's range of smart TVs. Not only picture quality was a marked improvement there was less grain in the picture, a lot sharper a lot better clarity, the black levels and contrast were were uh, improved uh, noticeably improved And on the smart side, obviously, you have your connectivity and a lot of access to content. Uh, You can even duplicate your screen wirelessly to a tablet or smartphone and even send wirelessly, if you've got a wide-eye-powered Intel chip inside your laptop, wirelessly send whatever's on your laptop screen to the TV screen as well, so all round, I gave it I think four stars out of five, but a huge improvement on last year's model.
0: I went out to Australia's Wonderland and was very disappointed not to um, be able to go on a roller coaster or the or the water tube, and found LG's headquarters. So I popped in and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, is that where their office is? Where like, Australia's Wonderland Yeah, they're right on the corner there, basically where the, where the roller coaster should be. But anyway, I'm not... It's like I'm when the Griswolds turned up and everything was shut. They went yeah. to LG instead, did they? I'm not dirty about it. I mean, I don't blame LG, obviously. I blame the entrepreneurs <laughs> that built the technology <laughs> park there. But they've got a headquarters out there where they've got a, obviously yes. a bloody big warehouse because it's a really yep. big building and a very small showroom compared to the size of the building. But really nice when you go to these companies and their showrooms. And, look, I had a good look through it because uh, I couldn't get to the launch and, and uh, Lambro out there took me through it. I, I, look, you know no, you and I differ on on three G in terms of whether it's got future and everything, but also on you know which is better. I think passive is fantastic, not because it's
1: yeah. you know different high oh, definition or whatever. I just think it's so bloody easy and simple. And let me tell you is, the best it feature is, about. Let, this. Let's be clear though, it's not, and I'll specify this in my review. It's not full HD. It's HD just, but not full HD. That's the thing,
0: and and you know what? I I'm fine with that because really three the the stuff I want to watch on 3D I'm not worried about whether it's HD or not. Yeah. So well, if, if you're you can watching put, a
1: Blu-ray, you're missing out a bit though.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you are, but I just don't think people are doing that. I think 3D gaming is going to be a bigger thing. And, absolutely, well, and, that's you know, a good point. Gaming
1: actually. You've got the dual view the, feature. you want to talk about that?
0: The, the thing <laughs> that is the absolute most stunning feature of this, and I reckon it, it just blew the other companies away. You imagine imagine those computer games where you you and I are sitting in in the tech guy bloody. Um, Um, studio there and we're playing Call of Duty and it's a side-by-side split so I'm on one side Stephen's on the other and we've all played these kind of games racing games or whatever and it's wonderful when you're playing co-op because you're together and you're you're looking for things but if I'm trying to fight you I can see where you are and so the amazing thing that this TV does is you, you go into 3D mode and you say it's a vertical split and it puts it into 3D mode and then what you do is you have a set of glasses that is left side only so instead of having a left and a right lens it's only got left lenses and the other glasses are right only and you literally can only see one side of the screen. Mate, this is brilliant.
1: It's great. So you get a full screen. Each player gets their own full screen, yeah. independent of the other. So it's like you've got your own television. That's, that's, that's a terrific breakthrough. Uh, really great. If It uh, can only be used on the same source. Imagine the day when you can watch two different sources in that fashion. You'll be able to watch two separate channels, two separate sources. So the opportunities there are pretty exciting, the possibilities there. But uh, one thing I want to add, though, the design of the TV is probably one of the biggest uh, features. The, most, the, the best part of it is the yep. fact that it's got a one-millimeter frame, an aluminium frame. It's got a black one centimetre border inside that as well, but it looks so minimal that you, it looks like all you can see is a picture. Mm. The stand has got a nice U-shaped stand, so it gives it the the, the uh, look of it floating on air. It's, it's got a great new design. That's another big tick for the LG Smart TV, so a big improvement on last year on design, performance and picture quality. They've taken a big leap ahead and you can read
0: that full review at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking
1: you're listening to Two
0: Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennig. We've only got a minute left, so I think we should end on on a very interesting little one that that we go back to Apple. But, you know, we talked about the the iPad was launched, it was 4G, but 4G wouldn't work in Australia. The ACCC took them and said, hang on a minute, what's going on with this 4G stuff? It's false advertising, all that kind of thing. There's been no ruling against them, but Apple have made the decision to take, to drop the 4G from their marketing and their website and everything and go for the word cellular. So they're now saying uh, you can get an iPad with Wi-Fi or an iPad with Wi-Fi and cellular. I think good move because it's it was confusing yeah. but but stupid move because we don't know what cellular is here Cellular is yeah, an American well, I term. I think
1: that may have been the term. That's obviously the term they use in the US, uh, mm. and obviously that uh, that Apple is headquartered in the US. But I think, look, full credit to Apple. They've they've kind of said, "Okay, we we we've uh, taken taken it on board and have changed the label." But uh, and they've actually specified on the website that the the product supports very fast cellular networks, mm. but not compatible with the current Australian four G networks, unfortunately. But uh, you know, good on them for taking that on board. I think uh, Apple's yep. the sort of company; they're pretty fair. They're they you know they, they could have this. As much as they wanted, they got exactly a lot more money than they know how to spend. But I think good news for them that uh, it's it's a bit more transparent will so- all of us will soon learn what cellular means now trevor
0: exactly and, and the, the bottom line and the thing to remind people is it is it is super fast uh, you know cellular networks yeah. because it can on the telstra network at dual band uh, dual carrier 3G which is faster than the iPad 2 so it is it is an important step up and, and but it's a good yeah. move from apple and they to be congratulated for that um, and if you if that didn't make sense to you you can read about it at techguide.com.au but i think if if that conversation that we just had didn't make sense to you you're probably listening to the wrong podcast <laughs> that's that's just me. I don't know. You're listening to two blokes talking tech. And that's all we've got time for this week. Episode 64. We'll be back again uh, next week. You can download us at iTunes. You can find us on Facebook, and you can listen via Tech Guide Radio at techguide.com.au. Stephen, thanks, mate. Talk to you next week. Yes, you will. Thanks, Trevor.